CW Radio, your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Newscast. I am Lou Mangello from WDWRadio.com. Today is Wednesday, January 11th, 2012, and we're coming to you live from the Grand Canyon Concourse here at Disney's Contemporary Resort. Tonight's newscast is once again sponsored by our good friends over at touringplans.com. They are the official research team behind the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World, helping you maximize your time in the parks, saving you up to four hours per day with their crowd calendar, wait times, touring plans, and their Alliance application and lots more. You can visit them over at touringplans.com slash WDW Radio. So as I said, I am sitting here at the Outer Rim Lounge at the Contemporary Resort, surrounded by some uh, members of the WDW Radio family, of some of whom have escaped out of the box, some of whom is their first experience with the box. It's you're in for a wild ride tonight. Becky Mankin, Julie James, Glenn Whalen from PrettyGoodMovieRide.com, and Scott Otis from Otisburg. Otisburg. So it's been a relatively slow week in Disney news, but I want to first and foremost start off by congratulating you and you and lots of you who ran in the Walt Disney World Marathon, Half Marathon, and or 5K. Whether you were a, uh, a runner, if you were goofy and or dopey, congratulations, you guys did awesome this weekend. And lots of fundraising was going on as well, so congratulations and thanks to all of you guys. But in the news in Walt Disney World this week, a um, couple of things just to talk about. Uh, we've obviously known that the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom game has been uh, announced officially and has been coming to the parks. They've been doing some cast member testing over the past few days and two days ago, or yesterday actually, I happened to be in the Magic Kingdom when they were doing some guest testing as well. Uh, some things have been confirmed, such as the firehouse is going to be sort of the launch point. There was a, a sandwich board sign out front that said sorcerers needed. You go in, you get uh, about five cards, uh, five game cards and a map. They do uh, in the back of the firehouse, they do some testing to let you see how to use your key card and cast your spells. I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but what I will tell you is I was very impressed at the gameplay. There's probably about 15 or so kiosks already open around the parks. Uh, what I like about the game is that um, not only is it an interactive experience that you could do alone or with the family, but the kiosks themselves are not intrusive on other guests' experience. They actually help you explore some other areas of the parks that you might not go into. A few nooks and crannies here and there, very, very well themed. Uh, towards where they are, um, especially ones like in Frontierland and Liberty Square. There's a number of uh, Adventureland, a few still uh, opening over on Main Street USA. Uh, what I do like about this is it's very much like the um, Midship Detective Agency game on the Disney Dream, where, but here Merlin is your host. You encounter and battle with these different cards, about 70 different cards, a number of classic Disney villains, which I like as well, with the help of some classic Disney animated characters as well. And so every time you go to a kiosk, from what I'm seeing, it's gonna be a very different experience. A lot of replayability is what I'm gathering from this as well, because again, you start off only getting about five cards, but I think there's a total of maybe 70 or so. Um, you haven't played yet, Scott, but you've seen some of the kiosks around uh, the Magic Kingdom. And we were sort of talking about this the other offline the other day that we kind of like sort of where they put the kiosks, um, how in fact it's it's not intrusive on the guest experience, but I think it's 
also placed in a way that some guests might go, hey, you know, what is that? What's going on over there? Right, it's set aside uh, away from the, the walkways, but uh, just enough so people could pass by and see oh, some people are playing something, what, what's going on? Right. Maybe they'll uh, find out what it is and then play. But uh, yeah, it's not intrusive at all. They're all, uh, they all seem to be away from the, the main road. And the screens are, they're very big, they're very bright, there's great audio coming out, some of which you don't even realize that there's kiosks until you either see them on the map or until you get right up in front of them because of how well-themed they are, especially the ones over by Sir Mickey's are done very, very well. Uh, I had a chance to see some of the ones in Adventureland. So uh, there's no official date as to when this is going to open as yet. They still are testing, uh, from what I understand, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, although that is not official, so it may not be open if you are here. Uh, they're also surveying guests as well to sort of get an idea of what their experiences have been like. We always talk about the fact that we like these enhanced add-on, and let me mention also two free experiences that it brings to the park. I saw kids playing alone, I saw adults playing alone, I saw adults and kids playing together too, and like we mentioned, I saw people saying, hey, what is it that you're doing? And it has guests engaging one another as well. Yeah, that's one thing that we really enjoyed, especially on board the dream. There was so many great interactive um, things to play, and again, free, which is kind of nice as well. But the Kim Possible thing, if it, it sounds like it's well over in an experience of what Kim Possible was, and that was very addictive. People loved it. The feedback was great about playing that kind of game. So it sounds like it's going to be kind of along those same lines, right? Yeah, and I am, would be very curious to hear as more guests continue to test it, as you guys either in the box or watching on YouTube or listening to the audio, as you test the game, I'd love to hear your feedback about the concept itself, certainly the execution, even the location. The cards themselves are seem to be that they're, they're like collectible style cards. The maps are beautifully done. Have you seen any of the maps as yet? I mean, they're gorgeous. Um, and I really like the enhanced level of gameplay in it because again, I think it's very different than having kids looking down at their telephone, Facebooking their friends versus looking around at a map and dragging their parents or, or dragging one another to some of these other locations around, uh, around the parks. Yeah, and I, I always love all those things, especially when the, the interactivity is hidden. You can be involved with it, you don't necessarily have to be involved with it. You can see people walking around doing something, and you can still go around your day. And uh, oh, that's okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I can just hold it for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was my point. Is that it, that they do it in a way that's not obtrusive to the other people who are not involved in a way. That's why. So it'll be interesting to see too. Obviously, Kim Possible is over at uh, Epcot in World Showcase. It'll be interesting to see if that stays. If that sort of uses this type of technology where you get a car that you get to keep as opposed to an old, a communicator, which is basically a 10-year-old cell phone. Are they going to bring this to other parks? I know they've been testing the Wilderness Explorer adventure over at Animal Kingdom. Certainly Disney's Hollywood Studios lends itself to sort of an old-style Hollywood type of scavenger hunt kind of game as well. Will we start to see these? Will we start to see them at the resorts? Will they start to bring these into the resorts as well? They've brought it to Alani. Will they bring it to... Uh, an, my car. Glenn has it in his car, which is even better. It's a very short, uh, it's a very short adventure. So, um, one thing that Disney did announce this week, again after much speculation, was the uh, new agreement with General Motors, which is go now going to continue the sponsorship of not only um, uh, continue the sponsorship of Test Track, 
But there are going to be some changes as this continues. Again, this was under a lot of speculation, especially after the multiple bailouts that GM was going to have. Would they have tens of millions of dollars to sponsor an attraction? Obviously, the bailout worked because they are expanding it. But now it's going to be, from what I understand, the Chevrolet brand is going to be the sponsor instead of the entire General Motors umbrella. What it is going to do, in addition to the rebranding, is they are going to sort of obviously reimagine the entire attraction, which is going to go down for uh, a number of months. It's going to open up later on this summer, possibly early this fall. And not only is the ride itself going to be enhanced, but the pre-show, the uh, before the ride portion of the attraction is going to be enhanced as well. There's also going to be a design center where guests can supposedly create their own concept car design. Then they move to the ride portion, which I don't know how this is going to work, but they can test their design in a simulation car, a sim car vehicle, to see how their design fares in the tests. Uh, it's going to have also a collection of Chevy concept cars, as well as, of course, like it always has, regular production models. Brilliant idea, because you basically have a Chevrolet showroom open seven days a week, 365 days a year, to tens of millions of potential guests and, and buyers. Um, there has been some other discussion about how the retheming of the cars is going to be, um, as far as using some of those custom designs on the cars itself. We have already seen some testing of the vehicles uh, over the past couple of months as far as reskinning of the cars, but I think there's going to be a much greater enhancement. They're going to get rid of this entire um, test simulation center theme uh, as in the queue, so uh, you can say goodbye to uh, Jul Terry. Julie, what's the what's her? Bill. Bill and Terry. I don't know. The girl in the yellow shirt. Seven? Seven. But Seven. Belgian? Um, <laughs> did you remember to turn off those robots? Anyway, um, so if you, uh, are a, if you are a Test Track fan, I know a lot of people are excited about the fact that it is going to be refurbished. Uh, the ride is still very, very popular, obviously. Almost it, it's, it's one of those attractions that, Scott, almost didn't seem that it needed an update but now that it's coming, a lot of people are excited about it. Right, I'm very excited. I haven't uh, seen all of the details for it, um, and I know that they haven't really revealed a lot of uh, artwork, but uh, so I'm just very look looking forward to uh, what it is that they have. I know a lot of people too, especially with the opening of Cars Land out in California, started to speculate, which was, would there be, or could there, or should there be? a Cars-themed overlay to test track. You're already wincing in pain as though you don't like that idea. Well, I don't know. That, that That's the Libra in me again, because on one hand, that's kind of intriguing and kind of cool, but I don't know if it necessarily fits there. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, and that's the thing too, you know, that same sort of discussion has taken place about um, uh, the, the raceway over in uh, Tomorrowland as well. You know, can that or should that get a, th a Cars-themed overlay? Again, either decision would not make everybody happy because some people would say, well, now you're just sort of capitalizing on the franchise. From business perspective, would a Cars overlay, look, if you're going to spend money, you want to bring in new guests. You don't care if the, you don't necessarily care that the existing guests are having fun. You need to, well, would a Cars overlay bring in new guests? On the other hand, would a car's overlay enhance that experience for the guests that are there? Would every six-year-old kid love to ride in Lightning McQueen or Finn McMissile? Not Mater, because nobody wants to drive Mater. Right. But. It would probably enhance it, but it, it may not be the best theme for Tomorrowland. So uh, to keep it Tomorrowland, maybe something like Tron or, or something like that would, would be a better fit for that. I mean, you, you have Cars Land that's coming to, to California Adventure, so maybe it, it would be better to keep that special. 
Or do, or do you leave the attraction the way it was on opening day? Do you sort of keep it that non-very futuristic, is, right? Speedway is hardly Tomorrowland as right. it is. So if they can, you know, it's right down for Monsters Incorporated, so. Right. It's never really, look, you know, when it opened on October 1st, it was never the speedway of the future. It was not futuristic themed cars. It wasn't even the Disneyland Autopia of the future. So, and it was actually one of only two attractions operational on opening day. What was the other one? Anyone? What was the other attraction? Carousel of Progress. Oh, my brain's hurt. I'm hearing Riverboat, the Haunted Mansion. Scott Otis throws out Skyway. Did you read that in the Walt Disney World trivia book to say yes? Thank you. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what those enhancements are. Um, what I do like about the update is that it, it refreshes an already great, an already thrilling sort of e-ticket attraction. I like, my interest is more almost into what they're gonna do in the queue and the post-show with the cars of the future. How are they gonna enhance that queue? How is that queue gonna potentially be interactive? How is that queue gonna potentially be personalized using next-gen technology? Because, don't give me the we shall see. That's such a... I'm kind of excited about the, um, the design your own car as well. I mean, is that gonna be like a, a, hopefully a calmer version of Summer of All Thrills, maybe, where you design something and get a, a car to go ride or something of that nature? I think that's got some interesting potential. Yeah, and I think that, that sense of being able to customize your experience and make you, look, the, the thing that's happening now is that all these attractions are being transformed from passive experiences in interactive experiences. Whether you're playing with the, the organ or the wall or playing the mystery game at the Haunted Mansion, whether your kids are running around touching all the things in Winnie the Pooh, uh, what may be coming and some of the other attractions, we're gonna touch on that as well. Look, Big Thunder Mountain just closed this week. Peter Pan is now, the, the rumors are becoming much more strong that when Peter Pan closes, uh, possibly within a week or so, and I don't mean the attraction, but portions of the queue where they're gonna be extending and moving the restrooms over to the old Skyway building, that level of interactivity that we're gonna start getting in the queues is gonna radically change the guest experience. Did they make it official today? Because I did see that cast members are saying that the queue is gonna change, but I, I didn't see anything official. But if you're saying it's official, so... Uh, if Glenn said it... If Glenn says it's official, Glenn is speaking on behalf of the Disney company. Scott Otis tweeted it out. Scott Otis, oh, from o, it, at O'Tisney, tweeted out and says it is a force official, and you are... You are not speaking for the Disney company. But the, the, the good thing about that is that the attraction's gonna remain open while that, because you close Peter Pan, people, their brains will fall out of their heads if they close it, so. But again, you've got it at the Haunted Mansion, you've got it at Winnie the Pooh, you've got it at Soarin', you've got it at Space Mountain. This is what the future, and that queue area of Test Track is huge. Forget just the pre-show area with, uh, I can't think of what her name is, with Bill and the lady that hits all the buttons, but that the, the queue itself that used to be the test center, there's a lot of opportunity there for an experience that's sort of that queueless queue, that Dumbo-like queue where you don't feel as though you're waiting in line. And that I think is what, because I'm a nerd, what I am, uh, I am most looking forward to seeing. Uh, we did talk about uh, Peter Pan's flight, the closing of Big Thunder Mountain this past week. Dumbo is now gone. Dumbo's closed. Walls are up. Very different pathway to move your way through Fantasyland right now. But if everything goes on schedule, we were hearing that the opening day of at least phase one of Storybook Circus should be around the middle of February or so, the 9th or the 16th, when that 
Well, the second Dumbo has already been installed. There's, I've seen them testing that. Uh, and then they're gonna pick up and move this other Dumbo there as well, because you can't go too long with that. So it's a slow time of year. It's good, and if it can open before sort of the spring break holidays, uh, having at least that new section of Storybook Circus will be a nice funnel for, for guests back there. Right, it'll be, uh, it'll be very nice when they, when they get that open, and also the, uh, the, uh, the other train station stop. Isn't it, isn't it odd that we're so excited about a train station? Like, I'm looking forward to a train station being opened in, uh, in Storybook Circus, but I want to and see sort of that. Goofini. The, I, more importantly, I want to see the water play area for the yeah. kids. Oh, yeah. And I want to see the queueless queue. I want to see the games. I want to see how they work this, this ticketless, this sort of ticketed system to ride on Dumbo without having From to wait in line. I understand, when the first Dumbo opens, that portion will not be uh, ready. Thanks that, for that, thanks for. I believe that's coming on right. when the, when the second Dumbo. When you love you love ready. crushing the dreams of me and I'm other just, children, don't I, you? I'm, I'm still looking cool. forward to when they. Thank you. I'm still looking forward to when the Qless Q opens. Um, but something else that this is purely rumor that I heard today, but I thought was interesting, was that one of uh, my favorite little secrets to share with people, especially who have young kids, is directing them over to a place in the Magic Kingdom which is often overlooked, especially to some of us older guests, especially first thing in the morning, and that's Tom Sawyer Island, and Glenn is already nodding. It's a place that I love going to sort of wander and explore, and it sort of uh, it really is an unwritten surprise for guests is that normally if you were to go over to Tom Sawyer Island first thing in the morning, cast members would hide a series of paintbrushes. Remember, Tom, yeah. wash, whitewashing the fence? You never read it in school, you were supposed to Becky Mankin, <laughs> but there's a whole thing about him whitewashing the fence. Half the fence is actually painted. Becky wrote her name there. Not your Becky, but yeah. anyway. Uh -huh. uh, what I'm understanding is that they are stopping the uh, putting out of the paintbrushes on a daily basis. Now, again, this hasn't been confirmed, but some of us are like, we're like, oh, that's kind of disappointing. It's not like they're closing an attraction. It's not like they're taking away the Haunted Mansion, but there was sort of a, a simple nostalgia. Right. And again, there was a reward. If you, if you turned in the... the uh, paintbrush, you would get normally would get a fast pass. Right. I wonder if it, if maybe the reward was a fast pass for your choice of Splash Mountain or Big Thunder, and now that Big Thunder Mountain is under rehab, maybe this is a temporary thing. Well, right, and you don't want to give out ten. Well, I mean, look, there's only about nine to twelve paintbrushes on the island, so giving out twelve fast passes is not a big deal. But you can give them hugs. Absolutely. You can give them a, 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 a puffle. <laughs> give them give them something. Yeah. But what I under, what I wonder too is how many of the paintbrushes weren't being returned. Because a guy like you probably has 12 paintbrushes in his house because that's just the way you that's are. That's why they stopped. They were out. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been on Tom Sawyer Island before noon. What? Just well, you've missed out on a great, wonderful expanse. Remember Aunt Polly's? Aunt when actually used to serve lunch and, and yeah, breakfast? Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Not crustables, like real peanut butter and <laughs> Anyway, but I digress. But people in the chat room are saying no. Yeah. Like they're doing a no. It's a tradition like, for so many families, and they talk about that. That's one of the things they do with their kids when they're first here, so... That, that's a little and it's it's tradition for adults. And look, I've seen teenagers like the first thing they do is they run to Tom Sawyer and they're bolting. Yeah. You know, remember that time they knocked over the little kid trying to get the paintbrush? <laughs> yes. That's what some of those other. That I do that's why you have so many. But yeah, like it's one of those simple little things that you hope doesn't go away. Um, you know, how could <laughs> how could she's pointing out to me that the, that the woman's name in Test Track is Sherry? Thank you, because now I've had a mental. I need another coffee over here, please. Um, <laughs> Bill and, and Sherry, uh, we will miss you so. But, um, so yeah, some people actually, you know, upset in the chat room about the fact, um, and look, some people said, 
even if you don't get one, the search was fun. Mm -hmm. They don't care. They didn't even care. It, it wasn't about getting the fast pass. It was about the search. It, it wasn't about us. It's about the journey, not the destination, Scott Otis. I completely agree. Crushing dreams of children, one podcast at a time. So yeah, Disney, people are saying why, um, you know, getting a, 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 um, sort of disappointed about it. But look, there's also been rumors about changes. Oh, more sweeping changes potentially coming to Tom Sawyer Island. Again, out in Disneyland, it's, uh, it's the pirate's lair. The same concept, different theme. Um, and yes, I've, I've heard discussions about that real estate being valuable. How much is it really used? What else it could potentially be used for? Um, but being the, the nostalgic that I am, don't give me the, the <laughs> thing like you don't know anything because you don't know. Why do I have him here? Anyway, uh, I would hate to see something like a simple pleasure like Tom Sawyer Island go away, although Becky's never been there ever. I have been there. <laughs> And she's hitting me because she hates children. So, oh, Becky, so. Really? Did you just say that? <laughs> but anyway, I want to leave you guys uh, with a question for the week. Uh, again, it, there's not a lot of news going on, but I want to ask you a question about um, maybe one of these things. Well, let's ask a question about, about Tom Sawyer Island. Well, would you be disappointed to see Tom Sawyer Island go away? And if not, if you think that, hey, Tom Sawyer Island's not a place that I go, it's not really a place that even my kids go, what should replace it? What do you think could or should replace a, a Tom Sawyer Island? What should they do with that space? People already uh, talking in the chat room, uh, they want to turn Swiss Family Robinson into Rapunzel's Tower. Some people are saying, Bull bulldoze it, my God, man, no. It's, it's, uh, it's classic, it's classic 1973 Walt Disney World. But please come by the show notes for this week's show over at wdwradio.com. Leave your comments there about any of this week's news. Uh, if you've had a chance to experience Sources of the Magic Kingdom or your answer to the question about what to do with Tom Sawyer Island. While you're there, be sure and check out not just the podcast, but check out our daily blog posts. We've got lots of contests going on, ways that you can be a part of the discussion. Be part of the family by coming into the discussion forums. Come to Meets of the Month. There's videos, there's the store. You can get audio guides, Celebrations Magazine. And of course, don't forget to, better yet, what? You should come with us on the WDW Radio Cruise. On the, oh, now you're excited because you can book it through Mouse Fan Travel. Come with us on the WDW Radio Cruise on the Disney Dream, November 4th through the 8th, 2012. We are now officially under Becky Mankin, the 300-day mark. Super excited. We've been, shush, we've been in the planning stage today. I've had my fill of Becky Mankin. But anyway, we've been planning a lot of good stuff. So if you think about coming, you can come to WDWRadioCruise.com to get a free, no obligation quote from our friends at Mouse Fan Travel. Speaking of good friends, I want to thank my iPad, as well as Scott Otis, Glenn Whalen from PrettyGoodMovieRide.com, James, Becky Mankin, and Julie. Congratulations again on the marathon. Thanks again to you guys. Wednesday night is, as always, my favorite night of the week. Join us every Wednesday at WDW Radio Live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You, too, could be part of the conversation. Thanks again for watching. Have a great week, everybody. See ya.